The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Welcome back. Today we are going to do Class 5 or Session 5, whichever you choose, of the Writing 101 series. And before we get started on that, I thought we would just do a quick little recap so that you can remember all the things we've covered in this series so far. So in the first episode, we talked about how to start, which is how to start writing. Uh, in episode two, we talked about how you go from your story idea to your story plan. And then we took a break from story planning in episode three, and we talked about the idea that uh, I am not thinking of something new. We talked about what if my book idea isn't original and how to uh, combat that. And then in the fourth episode, we talked about how to breathe your life into your character and we went from like simple characterizations to understanding how to create a complicated character arc. And now that we've done that, we're going to piggyback off of episode four and talk about how to develop your story idea into a plot. And now that you have uh, that character arc, you basically have to go from concept to plot. And if you remember, I told you that one of the first things that we need to think about uh, is the character. And once we plan out the character arc, we can start thinking about how to arrange our plot so that the character arc things happen when they should happen. And the reason why we need to think about the character arc when we're thinking about the plot is because you need to plan ahead to basically antagonize your <laughs> your protagonist, your main character, so that they can have uh, the emotional change that you need them to have as the story progresses. And if you'll remember, we also talked about how if you're writing your first story, it's not a good idea for you to write a arcless character. And an arcless character is like Leslie Nope, right? She's the one I always refer to because she's one of my favorites. And her character pretty much stays the same. Like she doesn't really change a ton. Uh, she tries to get better at some things, but she affects people around her, and that's what a, a protagonist with no character arc usually does. Another great example of that is Paddington 2, the movie, which is a, an amazing film, and Hugh Grant plays the villain in that, and he's just wonderful and delightful as the bad guy. So we don't want that for this experiment, for your first book. What we want is a character that goes from one state of being to another altered state of being. And we have that plan now because you've planned out your character arc, right? So now you have to figure out what you need to do to your character so that those changes happen. And that, my writing friend, is your plot. Your plot is a plan of how you can uh, do things and arrange forces of nature or for, uh, you could use your antagonist too, to 
create fic- uh, friction in the life of your fictional character <laughs> uh, so that they have to face challenges and grow as a person. And yeah, you might be thinking, well, what if I want to write an unlikable character as my first go around? I would say don't do that. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you straight up, that's really rough. And it takes a lot of uh, extra finessing and planning. And you have to create a really strong cast of supporting characters that like your uh, unlikable character for some reason. And it has to be a compelling reason or else the reader's just going to quit reading the book. And even people who like villain stories, there has to be a compelling reason for them to like the villain. And so uh, it's just, it's like a next level thing. So I wouldn't do a flat character arc because that's next level. And I wouldn't choose an unlikable character as the protagonist because that's also next level. And we're starting at the first level, right? This is writing 101. So we're going to start with something that's not as difficult and that you can do uh, even if you don't have a ton of writing experience or writing knowledge or character knowledge. Because in your head, you've been building up a catalog of characters all these years every time you interacted with a story, uh, whether that's in book, film, or play form. And so you are cataloging characters and you know what an unlikable character is. I'm sure you can think of an example and also a character without an arc. And I'm sure you can think of an example for that. There's an airplane over my house. I can see it a tiny bit on my lights there. So sorry about that. I don't know why there have been so many airplanes lately. It's like literally just as I'm doing this Writing 101 series. So uh, you have to have a plot, and that means your big main idea of what's going to happen. And remember when I was using my fake example, my uh, impromptu example of Agnes, who's uh, half Hungarian, half American, living in Budapest, and she's going to uh, American-Hungarian school, and she lives around all these fun castles. And the plot of that story is basically going to involve her going into another fantasy world where she has to overcome... uh, She makes friends with these unicorns, and she has to overcome the dragon who's in charge of all the unicorns in order to set the unicorns free. I think that's basically what we decided in the last uh, two episodes. So... Agnes is going to have to go through a different series of challenges in the fantasy world. She has to get into the fantasy world. And so the plot is the vessel that you use to get her into those situations. And so you have these outside forces acting on the inside of the character, and that's what develops your character arc. Sorry about that. So you need to think about what acts of God. Basically, you're like that we call this acts of God, right? That Outside forces are acting on the character, and since you're the author in this world, you're a god with a lowercase g, okay? So you have to think that way, where you're like, okay, I'm going to put this character into situations where they're forced to confront things they're afraid of, they're forced to um, accept the fact that maybe they're not as strong as they were in this one area, and I'm going to use the tools I have, which are the things inside the setting and uh, inside the other characters and inside the plot, you know, so those are going to come together in order to force the character to react. And remember, we have to have an action and a reaction in every single scene. And we need really big actions and reactions from your main character every time you hit one of the three plot points. 
And this is a good point for me to recommend to you that you get our free plot, uh, character, and setting worksheets, our free fiction worksheets from Literary Symmetry. You can go to literarysymmetry.com slash WTPR-F. And last time I said dash fiction, and that takes you to a plug page for our book. So that's wrong. But also, it's a great, it's a great book. So if you wanted to buy that book, of course, we walk you through how to fill out your plot, uh, character, and setting worksheets if you don't feel like you can do that on your own. And also, we give like a ton, so many <laughs> examples. And I always have people say, gosh, there's so many examples in this book. I love it. And that's because uh, Maria and I, my co-author for that book, if you've listened to the show at all, you definitely know who Maria is. We wanted to pack as many practical examples as we could into the book so that you would understand the concepts uh, in actual use. So go get the plot worksheet and you're going to fill it out and you're going to remember that the plot has to serve the character arc. And so you have these different parts of your plot. So you have plot point one, pinch point one. Plot point two, pinch point two, and plot point three. And then your conclusion. So before plot point one happens, which is about 25% of your way through the story, you have to make the reader care about your character. But that shouldn't be that hard because you already know your character really well after the last four classes. And so go ahead and fill out your character sheet. That's like the first thing you need to do. And then you can figure out, okay, this character has these things that the reader will like about them. These are the things that are relatable. And we're going to talk about that uh, at the end of this episode. But so you're going to have that. And then you're going to understand there's like a note for character goals on there, which is a new feature on the newer updated worksheets, which are very pretty in my opinion. And so that's basically what your character arc is encompassed of, the character goals. So you can write in there the ways that the character needs to change. What are their goals, ultimate goals for this story and remember, uh, we're basically treating this like a standalone. And I talked about how you need to determine whether you're writing a standalone or a series in the last episode, because you need to know, you need to have unique character goals to each book. And if you're writing a series, you don't want to change them all in the first book. So that's just something to consider. But I'm acting for the purposes of this course as if we are talking about a standalone book. So... Now that you've sat down and written your plot points and your pinch points, and remember, pinch points uh, are something that happens in between the plot points that reminds the reader of the stakes for the main character. And if you don't know how to write the stakes for your main character, once again, you can go to literarysymmetry.com slash story filters, and you'll be one of the first people to know once that uh, course has gone live. And in that course, I teach you a formula so that you can create the stakes for your character so that the reader knows what they are immediately. And in the writing world, we call that the hook. So I give you a formula to create a successful hook. Okay, so you have to have three big things happen. And those are the plot points. And in between, you need the pinch points, which remind the reader what's at stake for the character. And you also might want to include subplots. And the reason why I'm talking about subplots is because for a lot of specific genres, they're important. So, for example, uh, in mystery books, 
you might have a main mystery, but then there are subtler mysteries within. And if you solve those smaller mysteries, you'll know what the answer is to the big mystery. So subplots can be very important, especially depending on what kind of genre you're writing inside of. And there is a big rule about subplots. And once you have your plot and you're like, okay, I want to introduce a subplot, you need to remember that the subplot must service the main plot which means it needs to come in handy in the main plot. And a lot of people say, I don't think that's true, Kristen. But listen, if you have a subplot that leads nowhere, you're going to end up with a confused and angry reader because readers want resolution to the things that you've been saying. And a lot of people use uh, subplots in book series to carry similar ideas to the next book. Like all the subplots are not solved in the story because they're left for getting solved in other books. Uh, but you don't want the reader to feel like you've forgotten about that subplot if you're going to do that. <laughs> and that's a whole other thing. That's not part of Writing 101. But right now in Writing 101, I want to talk about why we have the rule that subplots must service the main plot in the story. And I want to give you an example, okay? So let's say I'm writing a book about DIYers who are renovating a inn uh, in some foreign romantic-sounding country, uh, let's say Estonia, right? That's a real country, not a fictional one. <laughs> and so uh, everybody is getting really tired of hearing Jerry's plumbing stories. He's a side character. He's a 2D character. And they're just always complaining, oh, Jerry, which is not an Estonian name. So just don't judge me. That's what I have in my notes. I didn't really think the country name through, okay? And so... We have Jerry's plumbing stories and uh, 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 and this is so annoying. And, oh, we have to listen to him talk about this guy's clogged toilet. Gross. But then the people who are DIYing the inn in the romantic Estonia place, they figure out that their plumbing is rotted because it hasn't been updated in 50 years. And then Jerry emerges as a type of hero because he is the only one in the city who can solve their problems. So in that case, you have the subplot of Jerry and all his rambling about plumbing, but he ends up servicing the plot, the main plot, and that he can fix the problems with the plumbing inside of the inn. So that's the sort of thing that you want to happen. And uh, if you feel like, I can't write subplots right now, Kristen, I'm barely able to write a main plot, I would say you need to have more than one thing going on at once. So either you have your character thinking about three things at once, or you have a plot and a subplot going on at the same time because those things uh, give your story another dimension. And that leads us to my next point. So realism equals complicated because real life is so complicated. I won't bore you by telling you what current complications I am experiencing. But, uh, you know, real life is nuanced. There's a lot going on. Like right now, you know, I have my job working as a freelance editor, this podcast, a book I'm working on, two books I'm working on, if I'm being honest, uh, the course that I'm trying to come out with, and I have to homeschool my kids three days a week. So there's just a lot happening, and that's realistic, and we can all relate to that. But you have to find a balance between a convoluted plot and one that almost feels real. And what do I mean by that? Well, 
Convoluted means there are too many things going on. You can't give the reader so many things to juggle in their brain at once or they're going to get confused. And what do confused readers do? That's right. You know, confused readers stop reading. So we don't want that. But you need to have it be complicated enough that it feels realistic because realistic characters are relatable to readers and readers who find relatable characters become fans and then eventually friends, hopefully for you, right? The author. So you want to have this uh, complicated feel. You don't want it too complicated and you have to balance that. And here's what I would say to you. If you're feeling overwhelmed, uh, juggling everything, even with your character worksheets, which we're going to talk about in the next episode, how to keep going when you're entrenched in a project. Uh, And that's one of the things we do is we use our character worksheets. So if, and, you know, plot and setting worksheets. So if you're feeling pretty overwhelmed and you have all those worksheets, then I would say maybe you've complicated it a bit too much. And this is a general rule I'm going to give you. It's not actually a rule anywhere, but it's just to keep you sane. I would not add more than two subplots in your first book. And you can do um, a plot sheet for your subplots, but just know they don't need to be as detailed as your plots. And I would just, you can use the plot worksheet that I gave you on the website that I recommended earlier. Uh, but just cross out the pinch points. You don't need pinch points for a subplot. You really only need three points in your subplot. And uh, you could even do two, but three is better because it sets up the reader. And then you have three actions and reactions in that subplot, uh, which feels more fleshed out than if you only have two. Okay. So we talked about realism and how that means complication. And we talked about how many subplots you might want to have in your story. And we talked about the relatable the relatability of the character and what that means to the reader. But uh, I want to give you a hint as to why writing plots are so fun. The character needs to be relatable, right? That's what we talked about. But the plot can be spectacular and also the setting, which we're going to talk about in another episode. But the plot can be out of this world crazy and you can have these relatable characters inside of this crazy plot and the readers don't think twice about it. And of course, you want to make sure that the crazy, spectacular plot that you're writing fits into the genre you're writing because there are tropes that you need to kind of shuffle your idea into. uh, And that's not part of writing 101. So don't get too bogged down by that. But you can make the plot crazy. So I'm working on The Time Portal, a Tyler Hart time travel adventure book. And... uh, I'm getting really close to being able to start uh, recording the next Fiction Writers Workshop episode because I'm getting to the point of 25% of the way through the story. I am hopefully going to break 10,000 words today and then I need 15,000 more words, uh, which I'm planning to do like a crazy 5,000 words a day schedule at some point in my life. I want to be able to get to that before November, but I... Yeah. I mean, if you're writing your book, you have to think about these ideas like, okay, I need this many words for this genre. Um, So basically for a time travel type book, which would be considered fantasy, I need around 75,000 words, which is way longer than most books that I write. I can shove a really complicated story into 40,000 words now, which 
I think is kind of a good accomplishment. I like that about, I'd rather read less if the author can fit less in more words. Uh, so I'm writing the time portal and the main character is Tyler Hart and he's very likable. He's relatable. He kind of feels like he wasted his life on this girl who didn't understand him. And that's something that I just discovered about him yesterday, by the way, because I leave room for discovery in my planning because that keeps me going. It's the best of both worlds. And uh, so I have him to where he's in this spectacular situation, but he's just a normal guy. He's a relatable guy who has likable characteristics and that he deeply cares about his family. Uh, he has a sister and a niece and a nephew, and he's very concerned about them because his sister's having marital problems. But he's in an accident, and he finds uh, on his journey to trying to get help that he's in a cabin that contains the time portal, which is not a spoiler because that's in the name. And he finds out uh, that he has the opportunity to have an adventure that he's been looking for his entire life. And what he doesn't know, and this is kind of a spoiler, uh, but whatever, it's, I'm willing to spoil this because I want to teach you how to do this. He is going to jump through the time portal, and not only does it take him to a different point in time, it takes him to a different planet in the Panverse, which is part of world building, and we're going to talk about that uh, in another episode. But so his situation is spectacular in that he's going not only through time, but into another planet, and that's the plot. That's not the character. He seems like an ordinary character. And through this plot, of course, I'm going to show you he's not as ordinary as you think. And he's definitely worth rooting for. And he's going to try to solve a problem that will save a lot of lives. And so he seems normal and relatable, but he's actually spectacular. And that's the point of a lot of these books, right? That we're just normal people, but we can do spectacular things. And our plots look different uh, for each one of us, but that you can, I, I think my dog is chewing a bone. That is that noise. The dog is chewing the bone right above me on the top floor. Can you hear it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Mooney is having a good time right now. Uh, and so you just need to realize that, yes, okay, your character does need to be relatable, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun and write spectacular things. So now that you know how to uh, develop your story idea into a plot, remember the worksheets are at literarysymmetry.com slash WTPR-F. And so go get those. Go ahead and fill out your character sheet and start working on your plot because now you have all the tools you need in order to do that. Next time we're going to talk about... Uh, how to keep going, and then on the ep in the episode after that, we're going to talk about setting and world bu building and all of those traps and things that you need to know because now you're an author and it's time to write the story of your heart. I will figuratively see you next time. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristin.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.